What's up, guys? Here with you with FC Wonder Kid, episode 90. Here with my guy, Brenton. How are you? 90. 90. Is that? I, I have a feeling number 90. We might be seeing that number again because I have a feeling that that's eventually <laughs> what Moises Caicedo goes for. No, just kidding. No. I'm doing I'm doing absolutely wonderful. I cannot believe it's episode 90. There is a lot to talk about, but uh, I, I'll ask you first because I don't think I've asked you in the last few episodes <laughs> How are you doing there aside from busier than all hell? I am busy, but I'm loving these transfers because there's so much for yeah. us to talk about. And please, people, don't forget to like this video and comment down below the transfer that will happen by the end of this deadline. We want to know your thoughts in the comment section. And I think we should start here with Moises Caicedo yeah. from Brighton that, oh my days, just let him go. He deserves to go to Arsenal. That is the perfect fit for Moises Caicedo, in my opinion. It would be yeah. a club record transfer for Brighton. And I want to point one thing out, one thing with Arsenal. Arteta... Yep. Has, hasn't spent more than £60 million on a transfer. And the rebuild has been <laughs> wonderful. Now, it's renewals time with Saliba, Saka, and Martinelli. And getting yep. the big boy players that make a difference. Parte needs a Caicedo. And Arsenal yep. need depth at midfield. So, that's what I got to start here, people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but let's be honest. Todd Bowley is not out of the conversation yet for Moises Caicedo. And I, one, I, I have to push back because you said Brighton let him go. Brighton have been beaten down, beaten down as a club, as a stepping stone club for the last year plus. I mean, we're talking about, come on, Dan Byrne, Ben White. I don't know why I just picked Dan Byrne first, but Mark Cucurella. I mean, you've got some guys that have spent less time. Moises Caicedo has put on the Brighton shirt 31 times. 31 times. And already he's saying, yeah, I've really enjoyed my time here. I thank you all, but let me that go. Right and when it comes down to it, you're right. But when it comes down to it, listen, I love Moises Caicedo as a player. Hell, I was talking about Moises Caicedo as a player back when he was in Ecuador still. Fox. Back when that Ecuadorian young, that young squad, that, uh, what was it, U17, U20 squad, they they turned heads, they definitely turned heads against the Americans, right? And they played us. But when it comes down to it, Moises Caicedo just blew up any leverage Brighton had in terms of, you know, transfers over the next three days. He couldn't wait. He couldn't wait on this. I think it's unprofessional. I think it's naive, and I think it's crap coming on the heels of Leandro Trossard, and it's not how you treat a well-run administration like Brighton. And I know that sounds like I'm being Mr. Company Man and on the side of the club over the player. In this case, I 100% am, because Brighton has been just not devastated because they're still beating Liverpool in the FA Cup, but they have just been beaten down by having their – uh, their manager taken from them, their front office taken from them, their coaching staff taken from them, five to seven key players taken from them. Fox. And Caicedo should go for 100 or 90 if they can get it in this ridiculous, ridiculous market. So let Brighton work, Moises. Mm. Let Brighton work. <laughs> That's what I got to say. Todd Boyle. In the end, yeah. Todd, I could yeah. see Todd Boyle going for those numbers because Chelsea and Arsenal are both desperate 
to get a midfielder. But I'm going to ask you yeah. straight up. So how much yeah. do you think Magiscaicero is worth to leave this January? 80 million oh. to 90 million minimal? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With, with Todd Bowley in his maniacal obsession to literally buy any and every <laughs> breathing footballer out there, 90 million for Moises Caicedo is not insane. It is not insane to think about. In the Premier League at this moment in time, with literally everybody wanting him, um, <laughs> whether or not whether or not Arsenal gets kicked to the side because of that, mm -hmm. that's a different story. And I think you're right. I think that that prices them out. The issue is, is like, mm. I, I mean, at, at some point, this uh, I don't I, know. I think I, I don't know. It's, I, I think Arsenal and Arteta deserve to spend now that the plan is going right, okay? I think they, uh, they've they been doing such a wonderful job with the rebuild, in my opinion. And I'm going to insist, no player has cost more than $60 million, And they yeah. wanted Mudrik, that that was a player worth the price, in my opinion, for what he wants. And now Caicedo, yep. I'm a bit on the back. On the back. I'm not as, I'm uh. not as sold. But... Todd Boyley, until now, has spent $533 million in the last two transfer windows. Mudrik, yep. Ron Felix, and now Malo Gusto, that Reese James and Malo Gusto, both options at right back. Yeah. Chelsea is mm. absolutely stacked. And I want to remind people that the academy of Chelsea let go of Atino Livramento, let go of Atarik Lamptey. And yep. they produced Reese James, and now they're signing Malo Gusto too. So under 23 players, it's all with Todd Boyley, as it seems. But and I have a question. <laughs> with all the money yeah. coming in too, Bretson, do you think Graham yep. Potter will be the manager of Chelsea next season? It, I mean, it's hard to say with Todd Boyley in charge right now. Mm -hmm. It really is hard to say. I, I think he should be. I think he should be. I think he should be given time to cook. As the kids say these days, um, but but as of right now, I mean, pretty clearly with the amount he's spending and with who he's spending it on, um, it's pretty clear either he sees them as investments that he can flip in the future. It's weird to talk about a human as an investment that you can flip in the future, uh, or that he sees them as um, as actual parts to the plan. I mean, really, what it comes down to is Todd Bowley mm -hmm. has literally built his own eleven of like U twenty three players. <laughs> acquired over the last year plus I, he hasn't even been in charge that long and and it's unbelievable so that if he's doing that with that roster turnover right <laughs> and with the academy and with the players that they currently have there that obviously they're not the worst players in the world these guys can certainly be turned around in some perspective in the future um obviously todd Bowley will have no problem sacking grand potter but once again it, it Who's to say that the next person that comes in isn't any better? True, you know? True. But, so, but there's uh, a pattern. English managers, though. You don't see a lot of English managers. It's only Graham Potter at Chelsea, Eddie Howe at Newcastle, Southgate for England, and all the top managers. They seem to be Spanish, Italian, Ancelotti's, Guardiola's. Like, Alex Ferguson is the best British manager ever, and he's not even English. <laughs> so people can point fingers yeah. with, with that. But I'm going to say this too with Mudrik. I really believe mm. the signing of Mudrik will give uh, a lot of guarantees. And I've said hazardesque in my opinion. The future of Ukraine 
and Chelsea. And you said in transfers, he could do an under... Todd Boyley can do an under-23-11 with Chelsea. And that's true. Mm-hmm. Gaga Slonina, Kukurela, Benoit Badiashile, Wesley Fofana, and at the right now, Malo Gusto. So now let's yep. see the midfielders for this team. Because as it seems, Todd Boyley and Chelsea are going to go both in the transfer window. And I'm going to lead yep. up now with... This is a player that I thought, I really thought Chelsea was the best club for Declan Rice. But the more I think about it, Arsenal, Arsenal with Arteta, imagine a Declan Rice present too, next to a Thomas Partey, or maybe a Caicedo in the mix too. I really yeah. believe Declan Rice, the best option is to go to Arsenal, in my opinion. And Mason sure. Mount too. I've seen him. Their news, there's news about to leave Chelsea. Like I'm, I'm shocked. So no guarantees uh, in that squad. Harvard's too. Harvard's Bayern yeah. Munich. I think that that's gonna happen. Fifty million. I think Pulisic's gonna leave. Ziyech's gonna leave, and that will open up a lot of try. Um, a lot of more transfers to Chelsea. So yeah, but Pulisic isn't leaving until you know the summer because he's not healthy. Nobody's buying him right now, and they're not selling him cut rate after spending $70 million on him. So a lot of these outs, the, the, that's, I think, the, the most insane part of all of this is mm. with how many Boley has brought in, right, there has not been an exit. There has not been a high-profile departure of any of these guys that we're talking about. And I get it. You know, Twitter's alight with Mason Mount negativity, right, because mm-hmm. he hasn't been the multidimensional player that was expected this year, um, especially with all these players coming in. But when it comes down to it, like, still don't understand what the plan is Mm. for Chelsea okay if you're refreshing everything or you're you're doing um you're doing what Manchester City has built over the last five years which is buy you know decent players and then flip them even if they never play in a shirt what what, like what is the plan it's probably a combination of the two Mm -hmm. but when it comes down to it could you imagine just to kind of go back not even a year plus ago right go back could you imagine Newcastle Hmm. Newcastle if they did exactly that last winter, exactly what, what Chelsea is doing, they had every capacity to do so, except maybe the clout Fair play of, you know, winning the Champions League. Who did they spend their money on? Mm-hmm. They spent $40 million on Bruno Guimaraes, right? Mm-hmm. $15 million on Dan Byrne, who wound up being one of the most widely successful uh, purchases, right, um, in terms of value over the last 18 months, over the last 12 months. Okay, $14 million on Kieran Trippier, who they just uh, extended his contract. And then on top of that, they decided their one flyer that didn't work out last winter was what? Chris Wood. Mm. Chris Wood, $30 million, who's now on loan at Nottingham Forest. But they weakened Burnley, and Burnley's down below, and now Vincent sure. Company's in, in charge of them. So could you imagine if Newcastle started doing this and picking up? They could have picked up Malagusto. I, they could have picked up a lot of these players. I, I just... I'm. I'm at a loss that 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 the majority of us find this so interesting and intriguing that we just talk about who's next, who's next, who's next. <laughs> when it comes down to it, there's going to be a crap load of personnel turmoil mm-hmm. at Chelsea in the near future. And there absolutely should be. And it's just so ridiculous that not even how many months ago, how many years ago, you can count on one hand, right? How many years ago they were Champions League winners mm-hmm. and then they they fired Tuchel. And now, you know, it's it's... It's clean slate, matters. but it's not a clean slate. It, it's it's unbelievable. I, I, and I'm going to leave with busy. what you said. I really yeah. think the difference between Newcastle and Chelsea is the people at the top. 
because Newcastle picked Eddie Howe and Chelsea yeah. picked to fire Tuchel and put Graham Potter. That the timing mm-hmm. was just wrong. Eddie Howe came at the right time, brought the right transfers with his tactics. You mentioned Trippier, Dan Byrne, Pope. Brun Guimaraes adapts Joelinton yep. to a different position. Miguel Almiron mm-hmm. looks so much better. And now Newcastle can invest if they get Champions League football like Chelsea. I believe that can happen yeah. because Chelsea, the truth is, they can still attract these big boy players because Chelsea is still a big, still and will be always a big club with this investment. Malo Gusto, yes, he's competing with Greece James. But Reece James could leave, and Chelsea is a huge market for these players. Yeah. And Newcastle's still growing, but I believe they will be. I believe 100% they will be. And two, yeah. if Eddie Howe is the change for Newcastle, it needs to be done at the right time, too, if they have that stocking. So as it's, I'm going to point fingers at Todd Boyley at not sacking uh, Todd, uh, Thomas Tuchel. That should have not happened that way. And Graham Potter, yeah. that wasn't easy for him too. Now, that wasn't you think, easy. <laughs> you think the money he's spending, he's like overcompensating for the mistake of sacking Tuchel. He's like, ah, I just need to sign more players. I need to bring in more talent. Uh, I, I, I honestly don't know what the policy is when it comes I, to Chelsea. I, and if, and I'm pretty sure, certain that anyone who's a massive fan of the club. Mm-hmm. They're going to rationalize anything that's going on, right? And they're going to say it's for the positive. The majority of these players that they're signing right now, yes, are not necessarily going to have a future at the club, even though they're probably good enough Fuck. to have a future at the I club. Agree. And you know? I agree. And all these signings that Chelsea's doing too, I don't believe they're Graham Potter signings. I believe that the directors that Todd Boyley brought in and a bit of Graham Potter. And I really believe Thomas Tuchel wouldn't be so willing to yeah. go with all the transfers that are happening. At Chelsea. And Graham Potter will just accept and bring him in. Bring him in. I believe in him. Yes. And and Tuchel would have been a lot more judgy on the transfers. In my opinion with that. So it's it's curious to see who's going to come. But put them below. I want to see the people saying that. (laughs) Well, well, yeah, because we still have the Enzo Fernandez, right? That's just like hanging over us as like this thing that could just blow the top off of the whole transfer market. Uh, as it stands, because you know that's not going to be less than a hundred million, um, and that's why to bring it all the way back to the beginning, mm-hmm. us talking about Arsenal. Stick with your guns, Arsenal. You have a nice core. Yes, you need depth next to Lokanga. I get it. Or I'm sorry, in front of Lokanga. I get. I get that. Right. Go after. Right. You got Leandro Trossard already looking like that's going to be well worth the 24 million spent. Okay. Put your ETLM in next to him and deal with this. Push the Caicedo off off in the distance. Uh, I know that that's not possible because you probably lose him. There will be somebody else. Okay, Caicedo is not worth necessarily five times, or he's not five times the player your ETLM is. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's not. He's not five times the player. If you can get TLM in for twenty to twenty-five million because he's getting close to his expiration mm-hmm. date then by all means do it because that is the fortification process that you need. Does it potentially in a small manner hamper maybe the future Arteta is trying to, to build because he's not U23 or something? Fine, but we're like, what are we going to – we're talking about Tielemann like he's 35 years old? <laughs> no, This no, guy no. at one point – this guy at one point had the sauce, right? This guy at one point <laughs> was uh, considered world class, okay? He really was, and and he was considered the future of Belgium's midfield. Okay, I think he can be that again if he Agreed. gets into Arteta's setup. Does he have the versatility at the six and the eight that Cachedo does? Mm, 
Maybe not. Does he have the future? I don't know. But when it comes down to it, Caicedo has pulled on the shirt 31 times for Brighton. Mm-hmm. We've got a sample size of 26, and you're telling me he's worth 80 to 90 million? I don't right. know. Good. Point. I love the player too. I love the player too. So and, it's interesting. And good point. If Arsenal were to pick Tielema instead of Caicedo, again, it's very. It resembles a lot not going for Mudrik and getting Leandro yep. Trossard, like you're mentioning, which is very efficient. And the great, great decision-making from Arsenal, if that's the case. And I'm going to yeah. say, Arsenal, in terms of transfers, they're getting them right. Ramsdale, Ben White, and the one they got wrong is Lokonga. And Martin Odegaard was very, very frustrated with this player. And I'd loan, I'd loan Lokonga mm. because he's got potential and sign. This Tielema, great suggestion. Caicedo would be bold. But, oh, imagine if Douglas Luiz would have gone in the summer, man, in the deadline day. That would have been the right deal, too, in my opinion. But I want to mention, because we're talking about Arsenal, the Zinchenko Uh effect is real. And in my opinion, in terms of mentality, Zinchenko is a world-class player. No Gabriel Zouch, Eddie Nketiah is doing just fine. And Zinchenko, Mm -hmm. when he was subbed on from Tierney, Clearly noticeable. A voice on the pitch, a voice for Arteta, and Odegaard needs players like that next to him on the pitch. And once again, he was so frustrated with Lakonga because he has high demands. Zinchenko yep. brings high demands to the Arsenal team. Partey brings high demands. Saliba, Gabriel, everyone has high standards and believes in Arteta. And that's why I believe they're going to be Premier League champions with Trossard. Uh, yeah. With Caicedo, with whoever, the mentality is there and the boss is Arteta. So I just wanted to say that because I, the renewals, I, the renewals, yeah. Saka deserves yeah. that renewal. Saka deserves to be the most, one of the most well-paid players in the Premier League. Saliba deserves it. Martinelli deserves it. And they deserve big boy signings to be next to them at Arsenal. A world-class yep. team, a legacy can built with Arsenal too with Arteta. Now's the time yeah. to believe in it because we see it. We see it. What a difference, mm-hmm. man, one season did. What a difference. I, I, well, it is insane. It is insane because a year ago, I don't know if we fit in that window, but I'm sure we do. At least a year ago, there were there was a crowd that was growing and growing exponentially that was fire Arteta, fire Arteta. Okay, maybe it was a little longer than a year ago. Uh, so it is amazing how once you start to see a little clarity, uh, once yeah, maybe he got a little fortune, um, maybe Pep Guardiola threw him, threw him a bone with the signing of Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko, Fox. who you're absolutely right, has looked every part, the, um, the, the world-class, versatile, uh, and solid human being uh, that Arsenal needed to continue to execute on Arteta's plan. Um, but... It's just amazing how how after how a little time and a little backing and a little confidence from the higher ups at Arsenal allowed Arteta to execute on his plan. Okay, and you know what changes that? You know what changes that? When you bring in 15, 20 new players, um, you know, like Bowley's doing to Graham Potter at Chelsea. So <laughs> when it comes down to it, though, I, I, you mentioned Thomas Partey, right? Mm-hmm. And Arsenal have lost four times in all competitions this season. Mm. It's really not surprising It's re- to understand the effect of Thomas Partey. It's really not surprising to know that Thomas Partey was not on the field. Hmm. 
in some capacity or for the majority of the game in all four of those losses, in all four of those losses. So when it comes down to it, we know still who is that kind of engine room, but you you yep. see these other personalities, everything forming, the depth does need to be shored up if they want to win this Premier League and they want to go on to become, you know, not just a, a one-season wonder like AC Milan's looking like, <laughs> sorry. Um, they want to become kind of a new dynasty uh, uh, to begin with. Yeah, it starts, it starts there, but it also... You know, Thomas Partey has to be given the the credit uh, that I think we've given him a fair share of credit uh, in these past few podcasts. Thomas Partey is the best DM in the Premier League. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, from for what he means to his club, mm-hmm. do I think he's the best? Do I think Thomas Partey is the best defensive midfielder in the Prem? No. But do I think for what he means to his club, mm-hmm. is he the most important DM mm. in the Premier League? Yes. If Arsenal win the yes. Prem, because Casemiro okay. for United, man, he is important. Yeah. Casemiro yeah. was missed against Arsenal. Gonna point that out, in my opinion. Yep. And gonna yep. mention to United on my end, because United, just like Arsenal a year ago, they're on a rebuild time. And Eric Ten Hag mm. deserves full credit in getting transfers right and still, still being involved in all competitions this season man united are still not out of any competition and it's because of players like rashford players like brun fernandes players like erikson that now fast recovery and kazmiru that scored two crucial goals and kazmiru in my opinion best defensive midfielder in the world and the signing of the season for man united because mctominay and fred they couldn't do that and kazmiru can for Eric Ten Hag, very nice. Hey, Alex, I, I love I love Casemiro as much as the next guy, as much as you. But his two goals, his goal, his two goals did come against Reading. So um, FA Cup uh, too. And I but, want to but, say that but, just on my end ending, it's Rashford. People, Rashford, oh, no doubt in my mind, is a top ten player in the world of football right now. 100%. And he deserves a big boy extension for Man United because he's a legend in the making with Eric Ten Hag. Ten Hag trusts yeah. him, and Rashford feels confident with that celebration, too. The mentality's right. And he has been <laughs> working. Work. I said it, I know, in the summer. You don't see Rashford news to whatever club. No news no. to clubs. The agents weren't working. He was working for Man United and for that extension. Rashford does. There was a period. There was a period of time where it looked like Marcus Rashford could have been gotten for relatively cheap, right? There was a period yep. of time where where his value, at least on the surface level, uh, where you know was so compromised, mm-hmm. was was pushed lower uh, simply because of the turmoil mostly that was going around and him being kind of kept out of the lineup. We kind of know why and his injury history, which is still worrying, right? His injury, Marcus Rashford's injury history is still worrying. Um, And that kind of might reset the confidence levels uh, back to zero, but you're right. I mean, with Eric Ten Hag, with a guy that backs him, with a guy that plays him, um, he's got 20 plus goal involvements and he's not stopping anytime soon. And he looks good. And you know, you've made it, you know, you've made it when Twitter is a light, with trying to figure out the genesis or the starting 
point of your iconic celebration now, okay? Mm-hmm. Rashford had it. Yeah, people have done it before, but we know we've seen enough of Rashford this season to know when you do this, you point to your whatever. Mm-hmm. You know it's Rashford time, okay? Mm-hmm. So it, it, you know you've made it when everybody is talking about, no, somebody did it beforehand, and he's doing this, and he's doing that. Marcus Rashford is the guy for, for Manchester United, which is Clark. kind of funny because one of the answers they needed all along mm-hmm. was – was at Old Trafford. They <laughs> were there. Got you. And, <laughs> yeah. But, and you know what keeps Manchester United fans happy? Mm. You know, even if you have some away from home troubles, yes. win at home. Yeah. Win at home. And they've won 11 games at home in a row now. So Manchester United is, is still on the up and up, even though they've had a, they hit a little speed bump. Hit a little speed bump along the way. Uh, they've they've clearly got the uh, the makings, at least structurally and and mentally, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. uh, of a team that wants to compete again. And um, I'm I'm excited to see that. And, yeah. And, and from this season, these results, you mean eleven home games in a row, winning to Eric Ten Hag with Man United. They're definitely yeah. considered on my end contenders to win the Premier League next season. I wouldn't be surprised with the summer transfers again. Ten Hag getting it right. Garnacho yep. on one end, Rashford on the other, a top number nine behind them, Brun Fernandes, Eriksen, Kazmir, Varane, Martinez, another keeper, De Gea maybe being their lowering era salary, a lot of better options with the club. But, so, but see, that's the thing. Like, where is United in this fight for Moises Caicedo? Uh, I don't think, I don't, I, I, I like it, the suggestion. But I think Arsenal and Chelsea are two position for that. I think United should be in the in the fight for Harry Kane, in the fight for Jude Bellingham, definitely in the fight yeah. for Jude Bellingham because whoever gets Jude Bellingham, they Jude Bellingham changes the midfield. If it's to Liverpool, it's to Real Madrid, or if it's to Man United next to Casemiro, Bellingham would have that yep. effect. So I I think it's it's pinpoints. Pinpoints, and I'm sure Eric Ten Hag knows what he's going to change. And <laughs> let's okay. see, let's see. Well, because Ajax I, fans do criticize the substitutions with Ten Hag, he doesn't use yeah. his depth a lot, and I've seen those comments a lot. So I can okay. see it now at United, because when Casemiro's out, <laughs> Man United don't get a good result as it seems. So they right. need to show right. more versatility with their bench, in my opinion. So yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, speak, speaking. Speaking of versatility where they're benched, I do have to ask you flat out. Do you like a 45 million euro transfer for mm. Anthony Gordon to Newcastle? Yes, I do like it. And I think if James Madison goes to and Connor Gallagher goes to, to Newcastle, there's smart moves for the club too. Getting English players yeah. that are needed, in my opinion. So I like it. I think 60 million Anthony Gordon to Chelsea would have been overspent, would have been a lot of pressure on him. But Newcastle, I like it. And Eddie Howe is very good with his man management. And I believe Gordon it will succeed with Newcastle. Yeah. I'm positive with this one. And Alan San Maxine, he could be leaving. And Albiron needs competition. And they want Champions League football. And Anthony Gordon gives that. Gives more possibility of that. And I want to give a huge, huge shout-out to Sean Dyche, now being the manager of Everton, because these are the appointments they should have done. Not now. Two years ago when he lost that job at Burnley. That's the right Right. man. Wayne Rooney, too. Not Frank Lampard. Like, since Ancelotti, Everton have been going down, down, down. And Sean Dyche, 
literally gives hope to the fans, and they deserve an yeah. appointment like that because he was. And all that, in, all that's all that insanity around Marcelo Bielsa saying, you know, he'd, he'd take uh, he'd take charge of the U twenty one squad before he took charge of the Everton squad. No, that's interesting um, though. It's interesting though. It, it's interesting. Well, you know, Bielsa. I don't know the marketing machine out there for Bielsa is working overtime because Bielsa has found his way into a conversation about the U.S. men's national team uh, when the U.S. men's national team just fired basically two of the top guys, uh, you know, Ernie Stewart and Brian McBride, and I don't even know who is leading the coaching search right now. There's no way Bielsa is going to be U.S. men's national team coach. Anyway, <laughs> no back, back to Anthony. Yeah, well, that? could, no could you? I know, I know. Like, come on, stop it with this. <laughs> it, it's great if you're trying to get the USA, you know, on the on the – tips of everybody's tongues i guess talking about jose Mourinho there or bielsa there but come on that ain't happening anytime soon but mm-hmm. back to anthony gordon i 100 percent thought you were going to maybe i don't know give me some negativity about it because i didn't expect to actually agree with you i think 40 to 45 is a going rate in this this environment i suppose but like for 10 10 premier league goal involvements mm-hmm. that seems a pretty steep penny uh, what you get with Anthony Gordon beyond his goal involvements is character. He is he is kind of built in the mold of what he lacks in skill. He makes up for in fiery. Mm. I'm going to destroy your. He's a he's a like a miniature pit bull if there is such a thing. You know, mm-hmm. he will take off your legs. He will. He's got more good. cautions. I think he's got more cautions than he does goal involvements. If I'm not mistaken. Um, when it comes to his Premier League career. But we've seen quality from him. And to be honest, kudos to Everton in the the terrible environment that they're in currently, mm-hmm. sacking Frank Lampard. Kudos to them for getting 40-45 to 45 for a want-away uh, homegrown player. I don't know if you know this, but Anthony Gordon is the most expensive homegrown player since a certain Wayne Rooney back Ooh. in the day. Um I mean, that's kind of a big deal. And 40 to 45 million could go a long way if Everton winds up in the championship uh, or if they want to bring in any, any reinforcements, which seems to be harder uh, with the whole Dan Juma craziness. Uh, If they want to bring in any reinforcements in in January right now, but Anthony Gordon to Newcastle, um, it fits a mold. It fits Eddie Howe's mold. I know exactly what he's doing with it. Um, and if you're right, if they get James Madison, they just upgraded the depth in that midfield 100%. so exponentially. It's not even funny. It's not even funny how good that is. And it makes me think that they will wind up, Newcastle will wind up uh, Champions League football players next week. <laughs> but on like Dan Bird, Nick Pope. Trippier being the reason why that happens to Brun Guimaraes must be talked as one of the best midfielders in the world too. I mean, if that happens, Paqueta loses his spot as starter for Brazil. Yeah, <laughs> that I, happens. I, so I, it, that it's happens. been how many? It's been how many podcasts? And I don't even think Newcastle has conceded a goal. I don't know how many podcasts over, it's yeah. been <laughs> since New, Like it's insane. Since um, we keep talking about it, and and that was cobbled together, mm-hmm. right? Cobbled together for. Come on, 15, 30 for Botman, 15 for Byrne. Yep. Um, who else? Fabian uh, Schar is in there. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's it's really, really, really Very well done. Cheap. Now, I don't think I don't think when they, they assembled those Avengers in the back, I don't think that they ever looked at each other and said, this is a finished product. 
But my goodness, if you've conceded 11 goals in the Premier League at this point in the season, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think maybe bringing in another depth piece to make sure they kind of fight for their places, that's probably a good thing. But at the same time, don't fix what's not broken. It's true. Don't try and fix what's not broken. And, so, and, um, yeah. And yeah, Newcastle's transfers policy has been on point. I completely agree. And Everton should look into this. And I think they will be better. Now with Sean Dyche. But you mentioned Dan Juma. Dan Juma, now a Tottenham player. Big signing. Yep. And he's already scored in the FA Cup. And Kane, Son, Dan Juma now being there too. They got options, Tottenham. Needed. But I'm going to say this. They got Pedro Poch, Tottenham, for $45 million, And immediately yeah. they signed one of the best right-backs, young right-backs under 23 in the world. And straight away will be one of the best right-backs in the Premier League, too. Next season, really? they will have Udogi at the left and Pedro Porro at the right. I'm not going to say Porro better than Reese James, but Porro will yeah. start for España, and Porro will be a crucial in the build-up play for Tottenham, with Conte or without. And Hinkapi, yeah. Hinkapi, if Hinkapi goes two to Tottenham, left-footed Ecuadorian centre-back with Udogi, with Pogo, with Romero at the back. That's a very, very good defence for any manager to find attractive and want to manage. So, let's see who does Tottenham appoint after Antonio Conte because the defence yeah. now seems to be good. So, that's the big question. That's the big question. Uh, but also... Also, the bigger issue here is the, you know, it's, it's Paratiki. Um, it's, uh, it's Levy, I guess. Work, but with, An <laughs> but then with Antonio Conte moving, like, how do you know that these players actually fit? Uh, but I agree. On, on the service, yeah, Poro Udogi is, is, has been phenomenal for Udinese. Mm -hmm. um, on loan for Udinese, Poro, we've seen what he can do. Uh, although he has had periods of injury over the last year or two, right? True. Um, so that, that is a, a mild worry, but like, this is just a, this isn't a quick fix. Tottenham is getting set for a period once again of tumultuous uncertainty. Correct. True. With Harry Kane. True. Correct. And Son is dangerously close. I mean, he better pick up the scoring, uh, because he is dangerous, dangerously close to not meeting his what 20 goal involvements or 20 goal season, mm -hmm. um, pattern that he's been able to deliver year after year. So I, I honestly believe there's more work ahead for Spurs and Poro isn't going to be the guy. I, I think you're right. Uh, first, you need a boss that's going to stay for a while and actually impose some sort of a way you want to play. Second, we need a little more clarity on whether or not Park Tichi, Tiki, Tichi, I don't know how to say his last name, whether or not, yeah, whether or not he's even going to be able to continue in his role at exactly. Tottenham based on what has transpired at Juventus. That is that is huge and, and should come soon because UEFA has yet to rule on it. Um, and then you need to get the players in. But no, you know, why not get the players and spend the $45 million, mm -hmm. um, right now and get them in? I, I just, there's a lot more um, uncertainty ahead for Spurs fans and buckle up because it's going to be interesting. And, and in all that uncertainty, I agree. I just want to say to the people at home, be certain with Borgo. Because I've seen a lot of defenders. I've seen Nunmenj. And now Puch, I'm more certain of Puch in the Premier League than I was of Nunmenj. And I was very certain yeah. of Nunmenj. Because the build-up play of Puch for Sporting, it's everything yeah. for that club. 
and it will be everything too for Tottenham too. I believe okay. in it. I'm gonna. I'm. 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 I'm like Sporting too, mate. To the Premier League, yeah. Pedro Poch, Pelinha, Bruno Fernandes, like the bargains, bargains. Yeah. If you want to sign a successful player to play in the Prem from Portugal, go to Sporting. You got so many players undervalued, in my opinion. I just wanted to wait. Hold on. Hold on. Haven't Wolves signed like nine plus players from Portugal and, and they're currently <laughs> fighting relegation? Come on. Nah, it's not as but... simple as that. You, it's not as simple as that. You got you to pick the right players. True. And I, I am in agreement with you on this one. Pedro Poor is worth uh, every I bit of 40 to 45 I spent on. <laughs> but the three I mentioned. I agree. And, 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 but let's see, Matos Nunes too. I, I didn't say Matos Nunes. And I believe Matos Nunes after this season, deserves a Liverpool, deserves an Arsenal, or even a Man yeah. City too. Matheus Nunes deserves to play in a top club, and that's why he's being reported to go to one. He really deserves right. that. He's got that. And I mentioned City yeah. with this. I'm going to say this on pod. If Man City do not win the Premier League this season, but win the mm-hmm. FA Cup because they beat an Arsenal and win the Champions League, this is one of the most successful seasons of Man City history with Pep Guardiola with Erling Haaland. And that can happen. Don't be surprised if that's going to happen. Because the big difference from Man City in the past few seasons and now mm-hmm. is they've got Haaland. And Haaland was needed in their last fixture, last Champions League draw with Real Madrid last season. If Haaland was yeah. there, that wouldn't have happened. And now they can focus on the Champions League. So, wanted to say well. that. And a rebuild's coming. A rebuild is coming with Man City. We've seen Zinchenko. We've seen Gabriel Jesus. Gundogan's going to leave. João Cancelo, Walker, Bernard Silva. All reports are suggesting that they are unhappy. And when reports say they're unhappy, it tends to be Pep Guardiola is thinking of changing things at the club. So, don't be surprised if those clubs uh, players leave. And things changed this summer at Man City. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a hell of an endeavor. That uh, It's one way to wake you up as a manager, I'm sure, if you want to clean house on some of the most trusty players you've had um, in, in these last three to five years with them, uh, all while simply just trying to get your hands um, on that Champions League trophy. Uh, but it is, it is kind of amazing to me. The, the, mm-hmm. the majority of the season for Pep, and I don't think it's been said enough, but the majority of this season for Manchester City, for Pep, has been on the backs of a second, not tier, but a second, um, uh, you know, a backup defense. Am I right? Mm-hmm. You know, Manuel Akanji, I don't think they brought him in to play as many minutes as he's currently playing because of injuries to Spone, uh, Stones and Ruben Diaz, right? Um, who's the other one? Ake, okay, right? Playing... Ake. Playing mm-hmm. wide and yeah, and and I do have to say, while they're not perfect players, they have filled in insanely well, right? True. Insanely well, all things considered, with the standards put up, put on them, slotting right into Pep Guardiola's, um, at least putting them within shooting distance of a Premier League title. Uh, but yeah, it is all going to come down to whether or not, uh, m- my opinion, that that Champions League trophy is theirs. It is. Mm-hmm. And they're not winning the Champions League trophy if it is Ake, if it is Akanji, if it is um, that's you need you need full tier Ruben Diaz, you need John Stones, and you need them now. And Laporte. Uh, or back yeah, and Laporte, back to uh health Laporte. So they've had more injuries in that 
we all know how the trope is. We like to uh, Pep lo- loves to spend on a defender. <laughs> None of those guys have necessarily played as many minutes as he expected them to. So his first year guys haven't been in there. So they get credit, but at the same time, if if they're if they're pulling out a kanji right in in those knockout rounds, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't think they're winning the, the Champions League. Eesh, I'm sorry. That's bold. I like, I, I, I like Akanji, but I understand where you're coming. Ruben Diaz would give a lot more guarantees. And saying, yeah. you, you, Man City have spent so much with Pep Guardiola in defenders, especially left backs. And now with the right back, Rico Lewis, an academy prospect. Yeah. He's the starter and deserves to be the starter. And Southgate, you know what you got to do. Call this man. He needs to be selected for England's senior team next to Reese James. <laughs> I'm going to put him in that talk because the build-up play Rico Lewis is so bold. And it's insane. Yeah. I was just thinking the amounts of center-backs the Man City has. John Stones, Laporte, Ruben Dias, Hake, uh, Akanji. Like, no team. No team in the world has this amount of debt. I'm going to say it. I'm no. going to point it out. And Guardiola... That's a privilege, man. He needs to get that Champions League with that, too. Wanted to yeah, say well. that. And Calvin Phillips didn't work out. Yeah. Calvin Phillips didn't work out. And Romeo Lavia now at Southampton. He's working out pretty well in the same position. I'm going to point fingers to that transfer and play Julian Alvarez more. He is an absolute stud. Every time Julian Alvarez shoots, you get a feeling that it's going to go in. Because he shoots yep. with intent. And that's going to be a Man City legend in the making. When Guardiola leaves, Alvarez will be there. Foden, Rico Lewis, a legacy will be. Just like Imish at Bayern Munich. Structure. Yeah. And the academy prospects will be developing players like Guardiola likes too. And shout yeah. out to Guardiola's mm-hmm. pupils managers. Xabi Alonso going bold with Bayer Leverkusen. Xavi going bold with Barcelona. And Arteta, top of the Premier League too. Guardiola well, was taught such, such good managers now, man. I wanted to say that. Throw Thanks. another one in there. I throw another one in there. We got to throw Vincent Company in there. Ah, so, yes, uh, yes, he's, yes, yes. He's, he's currently got. He's currently got Burnley. Um, I don't know. He's playing like. He's playing. He's playing. If Todd Bowley uh, is the um, what you call it, the the money guy, right there. He's playing, Vincent Company is playing value football manager, True. right? He is doing it well. He's got Anasa Rory. He's got Taylor Harwood Bellis, who uh, is a massive, massive portion of that Burnley team mm-hmm. um, in that center back role. He's a Manchester City product, okay? On loan, I still believe. I don't think he was sold. Uh, had him at Anderlecht, too, for a little mm-hmm. while. So I, I honestly believe, like, Vincent Company, if you look at what has happened to Anderlecht since Vincent Company's moved on to mm-hmm. take the Burnley role, um, Clearly, uh, you got to throw company in there. But I know, you know, Chabi Alonso at Bayer Leverkusen is not the same as Vincent Company at Burnley. But Burnley, there's a damn good chance Burnley's going to be a Premier League team again last year. I believe uh, next not. year. And, so, and, like, and, and it's impressive what he's done. It's, and and they, so. they can get more than 100, 100 points in the championship. If all those, that's the projected by many people. So Guardiola yeah. has taught Vincent Company. Arteta, Xabi, and Xabi Alonso. All are going to be top European managers in the world of football. In a great playing style, too. Got to mention. Yeah, and I... 
I just checked, you know, there's two things I got to say. I agree with the Rico Lewis hype. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know what I find more interesting about him is that versatility. The fact that he can move into the midfield, he can play right back. Um, <laughs> and, and, and just his kind of regular Jack Russell Terrier everywhere on the field at any time mm-hmm. type of uh, style of play makes me, every time you see him, your eyes just gravitate towards him. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, come on. Rico Lewis trying to break into uh, a part of the England setup that's still Hmm. like, okay, Alexander Arnold is not having the greatest season, but he's still top tier. Okay. Mm -hmm. Kieran Trippier, I still think he does not get enough credit for what he has brought to Newcastle um, and what he brought to England, what he brought to England in that World Cup. Okay. And then Reese James, too. I mean, he's got to break into one of the most depth heavy. Um, spots that England currently have. One, okay? Two, it is absolutely heartbreaking to see Calvin Phillips get that 50 million euro move to Manchester City, and he has only managed 160 minutes in a City shirt this season, okay? But you know what it did do? You know what it did do? That has paid for roughly half of what could wind up being <laughs> Leeds USA's American midfield, everybody. Brendan Aronson, Tyler Adams, and now who? McKenny. McKenny. Oh, it's beautiful. Now, he's coming in on loan from uh, a Juventus that is going to have a tough future. Uh, but he's Weston McKenney is coming in on loan. Uh, he is going to be right next to Tyler Adams in that midfield. He's going to provide – hopefully he's going to start over Mark Roca and some others – Uh, But he's going to provide, hopefully, a lot of structure, um, a lot of fluidity, too, moving forward um, with them. Uh, But in the end, man, all our eggs right now are in the same Premier League basket. And that is both exciting and both pretty scary. Because if Leeds United can't do anything with Adams, McKinney, and Aronson, and an American boss, and now an American assistant coach, Chris Armas, you might remember him from the Ralph Ragnick days, uh, then, you know, we might set back. Again, the American identity in the Premier League, uh, which has been growing and growing considerably. So it will grow. Uh, it will grow. I it, believe it in grow. it. it Jesse will Marsh will succeed uh, now with McKenny there, and I'm gonna say one of the best wonder kids. Excited, excited for me to to watch in the yeah. Prem is Willie Nyokto too. And Jesse Marsh yeah. had a big role in Nyokto signing from Zurich to mm-hmm. Leeds, and that was a right move just like McKenny with Brendan Aronson Tyler Adams will be too for Leeds United Leeds USA by many people I absolutely love to see it and I want to say hey. mentioning Senia Mourinho yeah. was 60 years old this week so big shout out to the best manager I've ever seen I've ever seen with my own eyes which is Mourinho Winning in Europa League with Porto and straight away getting that Champions League after two. And the only manager still to get the Champions League, Europa League, and the Conference League. I can say that. That's why he went to Roma and he got that Conference League. Wanted to say that with Serie <laughs> Oh, oh, oh. He's, been ri- he's been riding those Porto coats. No, just kidding. I was about to say something very, very... No. Uh, I think he's already putting out feelers for a new new job. Is he not, or is that all? I saw Chelsea. I saw Chelsea. Daily Mail reported. <laughs> Daily Mail Get reported Semorin going back to Chelsea, and I say How? this man, he got he would have higher standards with Graham Potter than Graham Potter. Yeah, I'm just gonna say that. But, but how I play. <laughs> how iconic was that change in the football era? I know that that presented 
uh, Abramovich um, mm-hmm. taking over Chelsea, injecting that amount of money um, with Jose Mourinho too. I mean, how iconic was that kind of that era um, back back in the day? I, I and Mourinho, and since then he's been everywhere. Mourinho, I agree, he's been everywhere. And Mourinho, when he got that big investment back in the day, when Chelsea got the investment, Mourinho was confident, saying, "I'm the special guy to handle all this money." I don't have that feeling with Graham Potter, but let's see if it's successful with Chelsea because you got to be confident making all these moves. There's a reason why you do them, and there was a reason why Mourinho was so keen on Didier Drogba back in the day. David Fofana is now back, uh, is now at Chelsea, so people can say he's the Drogba region, being of the Ivory Coast and the striker too. (laughs) So just wanted to say that. Just wanted to say And And if they don't wind up liking him, they can... They have another Fafana that they bought for eighty million. Um, who's <laughs> yeah. not a drug, but regen because he's a center back. But but Mourinho but, had a hand in the transfers. Graham Potter in these uh, Chelsea transfers, you say. Eh. But Mourinho, when he brings Ricard Carvalho, Bozingua, Paul Ferreira, uh, when he brings all Deku to there's there's yeah, that yeah. intention of players he wants. He wants yeah. a drug, but like I said, so <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Roman. Roman Abramovich could have put his his uh, stamp on that Chelsea team back in the day so much more than he did, and there's no doubt that he, you know, they signed. I forget Shevchenko. the name of the Russian that they signed. They're right. They signed, obviously, they, well, they signed Ukrainian Shevchenko. They also signed a Russian that I, whose name is escaping me. He was a fullback or a winger. Maybe, but was there also was it Cheryshev? No, that's that's later on. I, I can't think of who it is. But ultimately, like this. Could you imagine if he did that more? Um, where as like we don't know how much of this is it just Todd Bowley signing empty checks and I his think... newly ass- newly assigned team of Lawrence Stewart and and all the guys in the front office they're the ones actually pulling the strings, or is it Todd Bowley literally just liking Twitter posts on different Wonder Kids? I'm surprised we haven't gotten liked yet. I mean, dang, where are you, Todd? Um, and just saying, sign this man, sign this man. I mean, he's. He's, he's picked some of the right players, mm-hmm. right? It's just a matter of, like, Graham Potter's out of his depth, probably in terms of in, in bringing all these players in to build a team. And I think Todd Bowley's out of depth in terms of spending all this money and understanding how that actual team works. I mean, this isn't like an MLB roster where you could put 40, 50 guys on a roster, right? <laughs> I can um, see that. I, and, and, not, and football's different because you can't make – as many changes like Nottingham Forest we see is not yeah. succeeding with more than 20 transfers. And people now are yeah. skeptical with Todd Boyley with that. I agree. Good. Very good. Well, yeah. Play. I mean, just imagine just imagine how you're supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. Like, you're getting it probably from most Chelsea fans. Kai Havertz, right? Uh, Christian Pulisic. Um, any of the guys in the midfield. Uh, Kovacic. Jorginho. And you're basically being told, your, your asses are getting phased out. You're yep. gone. How does that make for a good environment in the near term with Todd Bowley bringing in all these players, with them bringing in all these players? And the majority of these players, I don't think are just going to slot in, are going to slot into Premier League roles, Mm -hmm. okay? Malo Gusto, there's a reason why he's being loaned back. Yes, Lyon needs him, and Lyon is getting raided right now, but Lyon hasn't been very good in Lyon, even with Malo Gusto. He has been a standout, and he could be a generational player for Chelsea in the future, Mm -hmm. but I honestly believe that he should be at Lyon, not just for the next half a season. Malo Gusto should be at Lyon for the next two seasons and then move on. But 
That's not the way it's going to work. Saliba, Saliba type decision? That could, Arteta said, stay another yeah, season at Marseille. That could be the case for him to be the world-class player that you're thinking. I like that. Yeah. And I want to say, on my end, ending the transfers, I want to say, like, I was shocked. Shocked yeah. with how low the transfer fee was to get Onahi to Marseille. Oh, my. Ten yeah. million. The Moroccan midfielder went so bold in this World Cup. And the disrespect with that transfer fee. Like, if he was Brazilian, if he was English, Onagi, the transfer fee for sure would not be 10 million. No. So, Marcel went bold, and I, I, I want to see what happens. I want to see what happens. <laughs> I think maybe that tells you more about how people um, value World Cup form versus club form. Because it's not as if, like, Unahi has been good for Angers, but Angers has been just an atrocious side in Lyon. Okay, so that's my guess. Uh, Eight million, though, is really small. So, for example, sixteen-year-old mm -hmm. Julian Duranville. Okay, oh, this, the, the second, yeah, he costs more for Dortmund than <laughs> Azadine Unahi did, um, and that that in and of itself tells you all you need to know. It's Unahi, it's not as if he's ancient. He's six years older than Duranville, mm -hmm. uh, but when it comes down to it. Yeah, getting Unahi, I think that's one of those things. Is it going to be a Kavartskilia type of transfer? It remains to be seen if his club, if his, uh, if his, um, I'm sorry, if his Moroccan form can, you know, translate over to the club game. But it certainly has laid the foundation for us to think that it could be. I mean, mm -hmm. he could go for 30, 40 if he even shows up. Um, but yeah, it is insane to me that a 16 year old for Dortmund cost. Just as much, or a little more, than Azadine Unahi, the hero from Morocco in the 2022 World Cup. And you're mentioning Dortmund. When I think of Dortmund, it's Jude Bellingham time. And if yeah. I'm mentioning Jude Bellingham, I want to link up to a midfielder that I love. And I'm going to give a special credit in this pod. That is Pedri. Pedri has played uh. 100 games for Barcelona already. He's only 20 years old. And in that 100th game... He had to score a goal. Deserves that Absolutely. credit. And a world-class player in the making right there. And I'm going to say, if there's a start bench cell of every season of a player with Pedri, with Jude, and with Camavinga, I am certainly yeah. starting at Pedri. I am benching Jude. And I'm selling Camavinga. I want to say that. And I believe, I really believe Jude Bellingham is really mm -hmm. considering going to Real Madrid. Why do I think Jude Bellingham wants to go to Real Madrid? Because this kid has elite mentality and who gets results is the Galacticos. If, if an Englishman, a midfielder like mm -hmm. Jude Bellingham at 25 has two to three Champions Leagues in this locker already, he will be talked as one of the best Englishmen ever in the game of football. If he's one of the leaders of those Champions League happening too. So... Yeah. That's why I think that move, he's, he's leaning on it. He's really leaning on it to Real Madrid. Wanted to say that. I, mentioned I, <laughs> I'm, it, it has. I mean, I have to agree with you. And I, I think that the, more logically to think about it in what it would cost to bring Jude Bellingham in right now. Obviously, with how much the Premier League is spending, it, it makes sense to think that he's going to wind up with one of them. But if you're talking about localizing 100 million plus, Mm -hmm. right in order to entice Jude Bellingham to come 
we know that Real Madrid and Barcelona like to package those deals, and Barcelona is still trying to dig out of uh, a mess that they've made financially. So Real Madrid, in, in turn, beyond maybe PSG, which I, I don't see Jude going to, mm-hmm. um, I, I honestly do believe, yeah, and it's, it would be insane if, yeah, Chuamani, Bellingham, Kamavinga, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, absolutely, Madrid, absolutely ridiculous. Madrid would definitely start DM Chuamani, Jude Bellingham, Camavinga, Valverde being in the mix uh, too. And then a Vinicius, a Rodrigo, and a Hendrik coming next season. Young talents are with yeah. Real Madrid too, just like Barcelona. Hey. But they're showing great promise. But the worrisome thing with Real Madrid is, Ancelotti's yeah. not going to stay there forever. And Barca... No with Xavi, are showing consistency nationally. Not European competitions, but in La Liga, Xavi's showing big consistency and a big reason to develop Gavi, Pedri, and a big shout-out to Ronaldo Rouge. Conde playing Mm -hmm. fullback. Xavi's making the decisions. And the Dembele revival, too. It's because of Xavi being there. So I want to give a big credit to him. He's got to succeed in the Champions League next season, Xavi. Come on. Lewandowski's even there now, too. Fati playing. Come on. (laughs) And and not surprisingly, it it starts and ends, it seems like, with their defense. That six goals conceded in La Liga. And that's the thing. We could talk about Real Madrid's clout right now and who they can bring in. Well, Barcelona's on top of La Liga. As True. it stands, right? It deserves it. Um, and 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 yeah, and and I agree. I mean, it's it is kind of crazy these days. Like Pedri and Gavi, when you think about it, you're like, <laughs> I can never see Pedri and Gavi leaving Barcelona. I could never, ever, ever see that hopefully as it not. stands, right? Hopefully and hopefully not. not. And 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 maybe this is one of those reimaginings of <laughs> of the old uh, Xavi Iniesta Busquets in the sense that you get these these. People that are intensely loyal, which we've seen with Barcelona, intensely loyal to the club, not only where they're taking pay cuts to make up for mistakes made by people much higher than them Mm -hmm. in the hierarchy at Barcelona, but also because they play such an attractive brand of play that Xavi has brought back and put his own twist on potentially, um, that it leads to a whole other generation of of ballers wanting to go there. um, And beyond having to worry about economic levers and all this crap (laughs) that bad decisions put them in so it, it's it's a it's an interesting future that Barcelona, but they're not out of the woods yet man it's true um, it's true and but i when i look at the team the team with coleman and now the team with xavi the team looks so yeah. much better and frankie uh-huh. de Jong, he's playing much better now with xavi ronaldo Rouge, he's a top player alejandro balde at left back pedri gavi ter stegen the team's revived with xavi and that's why yeah. they really have their highest chance to succeed Next season in the Champions League with Xavi, in my opinion. Be La Liga but, champion, man. Be hype us up for the next season. Come on, Lewandowski. Yeah, it, it needs they, to they, happen. They, Gosh, they, they've, they've, they've got themselves a lead, so uh, they're, they're, doing, they're doing pretty well. But I can't wait for that first La Liga or that La Liga Classico coming up. Um, coming up soon, right? I think mid, it's, mid-February, it's, if I'm not mistaken. And, and, and you mentioned Barca, yeah. strong ties with their players. And I want to say PK. Big shout-out to PK. Andy Bai on the Kings League on Twitch. That is such a wonderful idea with one pro player and one retired player that they've already involved. Aguero! Okay, they're yeah. going bold with the decision-making. And Ibai has done this PK Kings League. And he had the exclusive rights to Copa America. 
like one or two years ago too that that was such a bold decision so ebay you go bold okay i wanted to give a shout out to that man so yeah well. just wanted to say that too and speed if speed and me portuguese team mm. and ebay kings league like i'm challenging we would win that easily we speak to being the retired the retired legend dreamlike scenario Dream like okay <laughs> all right so there you go there you go speed man that guy's logging miles these day these days he's absolutely everywhere following cristiano ronaldo to lick it. his boots or or whatever Ronaldo, whatever he does with ronaldo right <laughs> I, I, let's see uh, he, has he gotten to meet him yet like nope. get this man just let him meet him so he can i guess die happy or something but it, it is uh it is cool that he's already been over to saudi arabia i suppose and and, uh, watch, watch Cristiano Ronaldo get what he got um, lambasted for his performance in this most recent game. Yeah, true. I've, I've, I don't. I'll be honest. I'm not watching the games. I still haven't had no, the chance. But this I will, is what I was telling you. I will for but this sure is watch. what I was telling you. But everybody okay. has an opinion. I, but everybody has everybody, an opinion. <laughs> everybody has an opinion until it's replaced with another thing that they have an opinion on. I mean, these days everybody has it. What What is the saying? Opinions are like uh, a holes. Opinions are like a holes. Everybody has what? one. Uh, could be, uh, could be. <laughs> I, I, I'm not <laughs> sure on that. But we mentioned Real Madrid. Uh, I, I wouldn't be yeah. surprised that in four or five years we see Jude Bellingham landing there, Jamal Musiala landing there, because the only team that I could see taking Jamal Musiala from Bayern Munich is Real Madrid, and that impact <clears throat> to compete with the likes of Pedri. And Gavi, they need it. Chuameni, Valverde, Musiala, Jude Bellingham. I really think the Galacticos could be lined oh. up like that one day. I <laughs> just wanted to say that. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't it be amazing if somebody next to Todd Bowley told him the history of Jamal Musiala and how he was one of the ones that have gotten away at Chelsea and to say, if you're going to spend this money, wouldn't it be nice to be like, hey, mm-hmm. we made a mistake as a club letting Jamal Musiala go. Let's spend the money, bring them back, and you've got your creative attack. You've you've got your creativity. You've got your hustle. You've got your versatility. You've got the youth. You've got literally every you know facet of what you want in a big cornerstone signing for the future. Um, on top of that, there is a Chelsea connection already. Bring Jamal Musiala back, Todd Bowley. Why not? <laughs> Jamal Musiala left Chelsea for 400k to Bayern Munich, and they would call. It would easily cost more than 120 million for to bring him back. So that would but be a what, big, what is, big signing. Big signing. But what is money anymore, anyway? <laughs> to Todd Bowley. I mean, it's I, and that would be a statement signing beyond. And it is obviously it's a place that they need it from. Mm. I mean, the brightest person in that spot so far this year has been who well it's been Felix. i mean <laughs> one game yeah <laughs> right one game i mean no, maybe but... uh Chukwameka. um it clearly hasn't been mason mount Boom. so when, when, it, when it comes and havers so I, I honestly i can't think believe it or not as uh, for more narrative based better signing uh as it stands for them but yeah you're right i mean there's going to be a lot of talk about bellingham musiala in the future and then the question becomes who replaces them exactly. as the studs of the Bundesliga moving forward? Um, and Jurena. That's, that <laughs> joking. Maybe. Not joking. Jurena them. is the player with the highest potential from yeah. the U.S. men's national team. And by two game winning, 
two game-winning goals in the last few few weeks. And I Kevin Padic, so, too, in the mix. You got McKenny going to Leeds. You got a lot, a lot of talent. And Padic scoring yeah. and assisting in the last two weeks in the Bundesliga, too. So U.S. Week? men's national team oh, is going yeah. very, very bold with the decisions. Yeah. I wanted to shout out yeah. that, too. And last uh, thing on my end with the pod. Uh, I want yeah. no last two things. I want I want to mention this too with Real Madrid, we, we, so we don't forget the racism yeah. to Vinicius Junior is disgraceful, and I love that in an extra time Vinicius Junior scored and assisted to Karim Benzema for them to beat Atletico de Madrid because Vinicius yeah. doesn't deserve to be treated that way, and he is a top five winger. In the world of football right now. 100% PDC Junior. This man scored in the Champions League final for Real Madrid. And he still suffers racism in Spain. Embarrassing that that happens. And if Vinicius goes to the Premier League as a result to improve his lifestyle. I won't be surprised. I will not be surprised if that happens. So keep doing you Vinicius Junior. And you do not deserve to be treated that way. No, you have, you you absolutely do not. And and let's let's just say it plainly. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether or not you're a world class winger, regardless of whether or not you're a world class winger, I don't care if you're some pub league, you know, fifth tier winger. Yeah. You don't deserve that type of treatment. 100%. You don't deserve that type of treatment. Um, it, it is more shocking, right? Because he is such high profile and has done so well for Real Madrid. But when it comes down to it, this crap needs to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it is part and parcel of years and years and years. And this is not me being an apologist for any of this, right? Mm-hmm. But it is part and parcel of a history um, that is still still hanging around uh, because nobody else knows how to get out their negativity. And they always want to blame somebody else instead of themselves and blah, blah, blah. But that's so much beyond where we want to go with this pod. So I agree with you. So keep dancing, keep doing what you want to do. And come on, I want to see, I want to see their baby, Endrick. I want to see their baby, Endrick, come into to a better world in La Liga uh, when he steps foot in Madrid and starts balling out for them. But I, I do have to say on in my Wonder Kids uh, in the news mm-hmm. here, Endrick has started the Paulista season for Palmeiras. Uh, he has started the season. He is, he's got a little bit of a uh, goal rut. He's not scoring. Um, but when it comes down to it, you expect that from a 16-year-old, right? Sure. A 16-year-old yeah. growing into the game, getting his chances, obviously still immensely talented and all that. But there is one thing that I have seen from him. When you watch Endrick on the field, what impresses me is, believe it or not, not goal scoring, not his playmaking ability. The hunger. It is the fact that... Exactly. It is the fact that he will chase down any loose ball Fuck. and literally destroy the defender uh, in order to do so. And um, it is more impressive beyond anything that he's ever going to do with football. If he can That's harness that and keep it. that for the next 14, 15 years, I cannot wait to see Endrick in a Real Madrid shirt. Fuck. Um, and you so, said the best trade he has, the mentality, yeah. completely, Hendrik. He's going to yeah. put in the hours, and that's why Rashford's a world-class player. Mudrik will yeah. be a world-class player. Vinicius Jr. will be. Hendrik will be because they put in the work. They put in the hours. Yeah. That's the future yeah. of football. And I'm sure Jude Belling and Musiala, they put in the work. To be at the highest level, competition at, is at its finest. So development, yeah. great, great shout. And you said, yeah. like you're mentioning Hendrik, big shout out to Palmeiras. 
winning, mm-hmm. okay, the trophy, uh, the, the Supercopa against Flamengo. Gabigol mm-hmm. is rent-free in everyone's mind in Palmeiras, but Palmeiras got that win with Gabriel Mnit scoring, Rafael Veiga being in the score sheet, and Hendrik showing up too. So big shout-out to yeah. that. And Porto. Yeah. Porto com Sergio Conceição won their first League Cup after winning the league three times. Sergio Conceição deserves this trophy more than anyone. And after developing Vitinha, Fabio Vieira... And Otavi's improved as a player. Sergio Conceição is one of the most underrated managers in the world of football right now. And it's not because he's Portuguese people. Okay, Even in the Champions League, Porto eliminated Juventus a couple of seasons ago. And it was because of Sergio Conceição. Wanted to mention that. All right. All right. Well, I wish his son was uh, doing a little better with Ajax. Um, Fuck. Uh, or, or I should say that Ajax... Uh, Actually, you know what? That's a kind of it's a good segue, and I hate to end the pod on some negativity, but it's got to be talked about, right? Mm. Um, there, there are some clubs going through some interestingly tough times right now. True. Um, I, I don't necessarily feel like we need to talk about Alfred Schroeder at Ajax. Uh, he's probably on his way out right now, but Put they Galardo. obviously have not. Put they've not been good. I, I, that that I'm okay with, right? That I'm okay with. But the bigger <laughs> one. The bigger one does not come from the Eredivisie, and I'm all for having an Eredivisie title race that is wide open, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the big one is actually, my goodness, uh, everything that made AC Milan so good last season on their race to the Scudetto. Yep. It, it's it's seemingly falling apart right now, Alex. It, it really is. It's seemingly falling apart. <laughs> um, they, they only let up 31 goals last season. 31 goals in 38 games last season, okay? They have already let up 29, and they've got 18 games remaining, okay? Uh, it is not going well. Uh, Tamori got injured the other day. Kalulu has been, I wouldn't say a shade of himself. He has not been himself uh, at all. He has not looked good. Uh, uh, I just What it comes down to is they followed up one of the more successful transfer windows that they had mm-hmm. with one of the least successful windows um, that they have had right away as far as making a um, a, a direct impact um, to there. They have let up. Are you ready for this? First time in their club's history, AC Milan has let up four goals in each of the last two games. Four goals plus. Okay, in each. They are averaging letting up four goals in the last three games, and they've lost something like seven of the last nine. I mean, it is... It is not looking good for the Rossoneri, and yet, and yet, they're still in the running for Champions League place, so they can right the ship. But I don't know where AC, AC Milan just, you can't slap a Band-Aid on this. You were supposed to bring in reinforcements, and Deketelayer has not been given enough time or is not good enough, as it stands right Origi. now, for them. Uh, Origi has done nothing, Fuck. except he scored today a consolation goal when they got blasted by Sassuolo um, and everything around what they've brought in has made them less nimble, uh, less structurally effective, mm-hmm. uh, less as a team. Um, it just doesn't, it's amazing how a club can go from the precipice to not doing so uh, well to literally potentially seeing mm-hmm. what looked like a bright, bright future fall apart uh, in, in the blink of an eye. I mean, since 2023 has started, it has gone southward. So I just got to ask you, mm-hmm. um, 
is this the beginning of the end for a for an AC Milan, um, what we thought was going to be a strong AC Milan for the future? Or will they bounce back? Because Pioli's already getting turned on. Mm-hmm. And is in, is um, is Maldini next? I don't believe next? it's the end because of Maldini. Maldini's decision-making. Okay. Yes, he got Charles de Quetzal. I won't say wrong, but Origi wrong immediately. But I believe yeah. Maldini in the long run. If he stays at Issa Milan and he, he has the chance to replace Pioli with another manager, I believe he can make the right choices because you can't find a lot of people in the world of football making more than more right decisions than wrong. So I think yeah. they've gotten they've gotten the Scudetto, Issa Milan. Trust yeah. Maldini. Trust the players that made that happen. Mike Magnan got injured too. Big. That's oh. a big loss for Issa Milan. Huge and, loss. Tom now injured. You mentioned yeah. Tonali doesn't have the support he had with Kessie. He's a different player. So I want to say things are different, but Maldini has to replace. And the big question is, in next season, I think Teo Hernandez might want to leave Issa Milan. Yeah. Rafael Yeo might want to leave. They need... Tonali. Tonali. I think Tonali... They have to renew with Donali. They have to renew with Domori. They have to t- renew with these players to stay long run if AC Milan's going to compete with the likes of Juve and Napoli. Because Napoli, they're going to win the league after so many years without winning. And Napoli are absolutely clear in terms of decision making. The other teams in Serie A. Kvisha, Lobotka, Matias Oliveira, Osime, the striker. All the right decisions were made this summer. Minjay Kim... And Milan didn't do those decisions. And Juve <laughs> didn't do those decisions too. So let's yeah. wait and see what said he. <laughs> uh, it, 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 it's, it's pretty amazing to me. Because even at the beginning of the season, we were impressed with their start to the season, right? Yeah. Rafa Leao was off the mark pretty quickly. Um, Tonali looked phenomenal. The defense looked relatively decent. And then mm-hmm. just in these past few games, my goodness, they are so in disarray. These guys had tears in their eyes going up to the supporters. Um, these, you know, Rossoneri stalwarts who won them the Scudetto last season mm-hmm. uh, had to go up and like just, you know, putting their hand over their hearts saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Why the, while the AC Milan fans are literally waving white flags. Mm-hmm. They're literally saying, we yeah, concede, they- we concede defeat. Like, we can't do this. We can't do this. Um, it, it's, it's crazy to see it go up and go down that quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I didn't want to end it on a negative thing. I just <laughs> wanted to know what you thought in terms of like, can they see their way out of this? It seems like Inzaghi, Inzaghi, goodness gracious. It seems like Maldini is a much bigger part to this. You think of them d- digging out mm-hmm. one and two. Yeah. Very clearly Mike Magnon, who's been out literally the whole season. Mm-hmm. You can pretty much say that he was, maybe he prevented a whole lot more than goals last season maybe he prevented this whole team from turning on itself um it's it's just insane um they don't get the scudetto they don't get the scudetto without mike magnan and that's why he was such a bold replacement from donnarumma maldini did that choice well well, then the last the last negative thing i have to say and it's not really negative because hopefully it gives way to better better times but i you know we've got the u20 world coming world cup coming up soon in may Mm -hmm. okay it's going to be held in indonesia the second time ever in east asia okay uh and 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 we're going to see a strong u.s side we're not going to see mexico (laughs) we're going to see a really strong brazilian side that we're seeing right now in the u20 sudamericano i mean andre santos 
congratulations, Chelsea, for winning that lottery because he's going to be phenomenal for for Chelsea maybe uh, in the future. And and Vitor Roque, Vitor Roque for Barcelona in the future. But I do have to say in the U20 Sudamericano, six-time U20 World Cup winning side, Argentina. (laughs) Argentina is out. They're gone. They're not going to the U20 World Cup. With so much Um, talent there. Perone was there. Paez from Real Madrid. I, yeah, man. I, I yeah, no Garnacho, no Garnacho at the U twenty World Cup. I don't know if he'd be there anyway. Um, but no. yeah, you know, we're seeing that. We're seeing Ajax. We're seeing like Schalke's about to go down again. They they stink. But once once upon a time, Schalke had Mesut Ozil. Once yeah. upon a time, Schalke had a Draxler that could do no wrong. Uh, who was the other guy that came out of Schalke? They're, they got nine points in the Bundesliga. Rakitic. Oh yeah, Rakitic. Oh my gosh. So Hold many good players have gone through there. Like, Untelar, right? Yeah, true. Untelar too. Schalke. Schalke is one of those teams. Hamburg too. Werder Bremen. Yeah. Like ups and downs in the Bundesliga. <laughs> ups and downs. So much. So, so people, yeah. tell us down below, what did we miss in this pod? And what are the transfers once again? that you really think are going to happen in this transfer deadline day. If you're listening until now, do not forget to like this video. Episode 90. We're 10 episodes away from Podcast 100, which is a crazy milestone. Crazy milestone. And just check out our weekly podcast out on Mondays at 6.30, people, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Like it straight off the bat when it's posted because that's a huge help. For us at FC Wonder Kid. Thank you, community, for listening until now, and thank you for going bold.